0: This evening, the title of the sermon is "Led by the Spirit." Led by the Spirit. And it's taken from the Book of Romans, chapter eight. That verse is from verse 14. Uh, but before we get there, um, the Book of Romans, especially. Chapter eight is a rather comforting chapter. The chapter of comfort is one of assurance. It's one that we as believers can live in day in day out, read it time and time again. Because here it is: it opens with, "Now there is no condemnation." on one end and on the other end there is no separation. That is comforting. Mm-hmm. Very comforting. That we're not condemned, neither is there anything that can separate us from the love of God. What can be more comforting than that? The third speed is Romans chapter 8. I'm reading from verse 5 to 17. Romans chapter 8, from verse 5 to 17. For there that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but there that are after the Spirit the things of the Spirit. For to be carefully minded is death, but to be spiritual-minded is life and peace. Verse 7 Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So they, they that are in the flesh cannot please God, but you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so, be that the Spirit of God, dwell in you. Now, if any man has not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. Verse 11. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken you. We can mortal bodies by his spirit that dwells in you. Therefore, brethren, we are... Dear you know, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh. So live after the flesh. For if we live after the flesh, we shall die. But if we, through the Spirit, do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, there are the sons of God. For you have not received the Spirit of bondage again to fear, But you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we pray, Abba, Father, the Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And verse 17, And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and join heirs with Christ. If so, be that we suffer with him that we may be also glorify together. Here's the reading of the word of God. Amen. From verse five to 11, there's a, a theme that runs right through. And <clears throat> the theme here is that, this body of scripture identifies that the believers live, their life is lived in the spirit as opposed to the flesh. The believers life is lived in the spirit and not in the flesh. A life in the spirit, life in the spirit is that life that is obedient to the spirit of God, controlled by the spirit of God. Life in the flesh is controlled by human nature, self, personal desires, anything outside the will of God. We describe that as life in the flesh. But how does this happen? What enables us to have a lifestyle of walking in the spirit? Of having our conduct in the spirit. How did that happen? We will go back further to Romans chapter seven, chapter eight, from verse one to four. Will give us the answer. Therefore, goes back to the last verse of. Chapter 7, verse 25. Since the deliverance comes through Jesus Christ, there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ. And if you take a close look at this familiar text, for me it's on the same page. Chapter 7, verse, but I will Verse 24. O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? Who shall deliver me? And here comes verse 25, the first part of verse 25. I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So here it is, Paul is helping us to understand as we go further, what it is like to live in the spirit. How does this happen? Through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. I think I better read 1 to 4. That would happen. There is therefore no not condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who are not after the flesh but after the Spirit so there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ because you are justified verse 2 for the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus have made me free from the law of sin and death verse 3 says for what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh God sending his son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin as an offering condemn sin in the flesh So here, life before Christ, this is life in the flesh, and therefore, could not respond spiritually. Life that was dead. Humanity, dead in sin. And could not respond to the law. Could not obey God. So, there's a problem. Could not respond to God. And God's answer is to send His Son, Jesus Christ, in the likeness of sinful flesh for a sin offering. And therefore, God condemned sin in the flesh. So we see something here. That, we see justification in the very first verse. There Therefore, there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ, because they were justified. Verse two says that you were free, liberated from from death, from sin and death. And then verse three says that God condemn sin in the flesh. And verse 4 now connects verse 5 down to 13 where it says, this is the this reason that the righteousness of the law may be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. So for the righteousness of the law to be fulfilled in us, God had to do something, condemn sin, offer His Son as a sin offering on the cross. Therefore, the righteousness of the law could be fulfilled in believers. It could not happen any other way. We were in bondage to sin. Note that no law I said has been made manifest. Namely, the law of spirit of life in Christ Jesus, which is the principle of the gospel. Paul is showing the power of the gospel to set us free from the bonds of sin. That we experience in the flesh. For, as we mentioned earlier, the law was powerless to do to convert humanity because humanity could not have responded to the law. And therefore, for us to walk in the spirit, to live the the life of obedience to God. God took care of the sin problem. And therefore, we as believers were able to respond to life in the spirit. To, to obey God as His people. And therefore the, the law was then able, you were able then to respond because of what God has done through Christ Jesus. So therefore, as we come to verse 5 and we go through to verse 12, you see, you see a few interesting things here. verse 5 to 8 you see a contrast of a Christian and a non-Christian it says here those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh deserves but those who live in accordance with spirit have their mind set what the spirit desires. Six says the mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. Seven, the mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law nor can it do so. Those who are And the realm of the flesh cannot please God. So what we have here? Two mindsets. One described here that one is flesh and one is spirit. The flesh (coughs) leads to death. I don't speak of the flesh. We don't mean this. We mean the human nature. That selfish nation of humanity without Christ. So the flesh leads to death and spirit to life and peace. The flesh is bound up with death. That is verse 6. Verse 7, you see here the the flesh is hostile to God insubordinate as well and verse 8 it is unacceptable to God cannot respond to God that is life in the flesh so remember that this body scripture from 5 to 11 is the Christian's life experience in the spirit realm and not the flesh. Verse 9 11, the Christian experience. But you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so, be that spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man has not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if the spirit be in you, the body is dead because of sin. But the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of thing that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by the spirit that dwells in you. So you see here, believers are under the rule of Christ. Because... We have been delivered from sin because of God condemning sin in the flesh and therefore making it possible for believers to respond and to obey, to live a life of obedience to God. It is not a work of humanity but it's a work of God. (laughs) Verse 12 and verse 13 is kind of summarized from verse 5, number 12, because verse 13 says, For if you live after the flesh, you shall die, but if you through the spirit mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. So that is a summary from verse 5 right down to the 11. And then become home to the to the sermon title for as many as are led by the spirit of God they are the sons of God so believers as it said we walk in the spirit and not in the flesh so therefore we are led by the Spirit of God. Not everyone is a member of God's family so not everyone is led by the Spirit of God. All Christians, all believers are led by the Spirit of God. Not everyone is a member of the family of God in Romans chapter 3 9 18 and john chapter 8 31 to 47 jesus was saying to the unbelieving jews your father is the devil you are not in the family of god to confirm that everyone is not led by God, not everyone is in the family of God. Sometimes you go to a funeral service and I won't call it denomination, but it's like everybody is, 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 is a brother. Everybody is a child of God. But Scripture does not support that. Only those believers, those who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. And what is also rather important is that this too is rather comforting to know that we are led by Him our life is lived in the Spirit and therefore our life, our conduct, our lifestyle is a lifestyle that is led by the Holy Spirit. If I'm to scripture accurately and, and that is comforting, that is reassuring. True Son of God by nature is Jesus Christ. John 1.14 and John 3.16. No, only Jesus is God's natural son. So therefore, how we then become a son of God, how we enter God's family, it's by grace alone. Through faith alone in Christ alone. No one enters into God's family by works, by their pos- position. It's a work God does for the sinner by His sovereign grace. In John 1 12, but as many as we see Him, to them He gave the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on His name. It's only by and through Christ that we enter God's family. That's the only thing. Grace leads us to Christ. Grace leads us to repentance and faith in Christ alone for our salvation. And not by anything else. Not by church attendance. Not by our offerings. Not by uh, doing community work, church work, anything else of the sort. Grace leads us to Christ, lead us to repentance, grace we receive, faith to believe in Christ and Christ alone. So all Christians are led by God, Christians are adopted by Christ, our life experience is led by by the Spirit of God So the question will ask but what is what does it mean to be led by the Spirit of God short answer what it does not mean (laughs) who words and actions are in direct opposition to the Word of God. Simple. whose words and action and lifestyle are in complete opposition to the Word of God. Those, the ones that have not led by the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God lives on some points to help us to recognize even in own lives and the lives of others if they are being led by the Spirit of God the Holy Spirit will lead us to live a holy life the Spirit of God is holy and therefore will help us to pursue a holy life The Spirit of Truth, True Illumination, Divine, Clarifying Scripture to make it understandable. Sorry, this is point number two. Point number one, that the Holy Spirit will help us to lead a holy life. And the second point, the Spirit of Truth. The Holy Spirit will lead us to truth. And in Luke 24, 44 4 and 45 Luke 24 44 and 45 and, and he said to them there are the words which I speak unto you while I was yet with you that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me, me, Jesus. Then open he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. So the Holy Spirit gives us the spirit of illumination. Open our understanding to understand scripture. And we do remember in the book of Acts the account of, of Lydia when she met Paul Holy Spirit open her understanding so that she can receive what Paul was preaching outside of that you can't unless the spirit of God lead us into all truth, open our mind open understanding, give that spirit of illumination understanding spiritual truth is not happening Point number three. Holy Spirit lead us in making Jesus known to others. The Holy Spirit lead us in making Jesus Christ known to others. Bearing witness to the world is Acts one eight, But you shall receive power. After that the Holy Ghost is come unto you. And you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and, and beyond. The Holy Spirit will lead us in evangelism and making Christ be known to others. The Holy Spirit will lead us to love the brethren, to love God's people, You know sometimes persons will say i i i i I love the lord but not the church i don't i'm not going to church but i love the lord are you being led by the holy spirit if you're going to say you love the lord but you're staying away from the people of the lord how is that going to happen but you see possible because we walk in the Spirit. All this is possible because our hearts have been renewed. We have a heart of flesh and not of stone. We become a new creation. All of this happened as explained in Romans 8.1-4. Because we are no longer condemned, We are free. God made it possible for us to walk in the Spirit to live out the life to live out the the position that we are in we we are holy that's our position in Christ we are blameless and the Holy Spirit aids us in living out our position in Christ cannot happen any other way. The Holy Spirit will lead us in increasing awareness of sin. Will lead us to declare war with indwelling sin. We become sensitive, very sensitive to sin in our lives. We 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 mourn our shortcomings. Blessed are those who mourn. You know. And if we take a a quick look at First John chapter eight, the the believer—that's the difference between the the believer and those who walk in darkness, those who walk in flesh. Do, Do not. Cover our sin. We do not pass the buck, but we take responsibility for our shortcomings and confess before the Lord. Because He is faithful and just to forgive us. So so therefore, that is the prompting of the Holy Spirit, a life and bell in our lives. I guess, I guess this, right? First John 1. First John 8. Chapter, chapter 1. Chapter 1? Chapter 1. Hey, what are you doing? I'm <laughs> getting ahead of myself. Mm-hmm. But, but, but we do we do we do follow and this is this is critical because we are to by God's help to mortify sin to kill sin in our lives and as we would have read from faith coming we, up we, we see that because the the those who live the flesh those who live under the influence of, of of human nature cannot please God. Even if they try. But but we believers, we were quickened, made alive, and therefore um, we become sensitive to to sin in our lives. Um, sorry once again I miss it. Um, John chapter 1, 8. That's what he said? <laughs> I think that's all right. No, I don't think that's it. I don't think that's it. Are we going back to that? Any of them? The Holy Spirit will lead us to a greater manifestation of the fruit of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit will lead us to a greater manifestation of the fruit of the Spirit. Let's take a look at Galatians. I got this one right. This thing, uh, Galatians 5. Galatians 5. Uh, let's read from read from 16. for i say for i say then walk in the spirit and you cannot fulfill the lust of the flesh for the flesh lust against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh and these are contrary to the one to one another so that you cannot do the things that you would and this brought them to 22 and 25 very familiar but the fruit of the spirit is love joy peace long-suffering gentleness goodness faith meekness temperance against such there is no law so here it is the fruit Spirit Lead us right here, whereby the fruits, the fruit of the Spirit will manifest in our lives. We cannot be, we cannot think that we are being led by the Holy Spirit and there is no evidence. There is no evidence, there is no manifestation of the fruit of the Spirit. Verse 22 and 23 will have to be seen in our lives if we claim that we are being led by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will lead us to love. The Holy Spirit will lead us to love and not to hate. 1 Corinthians 13. 4 7, 1 Corinthians 13, 4 7, the ever so famous love chapter in Scripture. The Holy Spirit will lead us to be patient and kind. The Holy Spirit will lead us to to love and not to envy or to boast. It says it will not lead us to be arrogant or ruling. We will not insist on our own way. It is not irritable or resentful. Love does not rejoice in the wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. And the Holy Spirit will lead us to, and help us to bear all things, believe all things, hope all things, Endure all things. Brethren, if we are led by the Holy Spirit, you will be leading us to a lifestyle of holiness because the Spirit of God is holy and can only lead us in the path of holiness the holy spirit will help us to seek to put sin to death in our lives we will have a passion for god's word we have a a hunger for god god will be our treasure and our portion We belong to make Christ be known and to love believers as we love ourselves The, the law we fulfill in our lives We able to, to love God and, and, and love our fellow man We become sensitive to indwelling sin and we will grow in the fruit of the Spirit and the question that we all ask ourselves from day to day, how am I being led by the Spirit of God? We as believers, our life experience is lived in His presence. Our life is lived before His face. Um, there's a a Latin expression, uh, I think it's Corum Deo, living before the face of God. That is where the believer is, living before God's face, living his presence. So there's no closed doors with God, there's no private moments because God is ever present. So uh, that is comforting and at times not so comforting because when we do wrong God is very much present with us. But our life <clears throat> that was bought for grace, our life that is now no longer our own but was bought by the precious blood of Jesus Christ does not give us room, does not give us that building any longer to live according to how we please, but according to Christ. Living in His presence, living in the Spirit, living in obedience under the influence of the Holy Spirit being led by Him.